Please listen carefully. Oh, God. The afternoon naps were... The afternoon naps after a day of doing absolutely nothing? Perfect. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And in the spirit of our topic today, we're going to be talking a little bit about Golden Golden Globes, the nominees, the winners, the things we felt should have happened, uh, and to make sure that we were really keeping with what the Golden Globes stands for and what it was trying to do this year. Uh, we did not actually watch the Golden Globes this year. We are simply giving mm-hmm. our comments and our thoughts about the things that they did without any knowledge of how it actually went down. Uh, save for reading a Vulture article that we were sent by uh, known stan of the pod, Ardo, um, which I highly recommend everyone take a look at. We'll put a link to it in our Twitter. Uh, it is easily one of the best things I've ever read in my life. And you don't need to watch the Globes. You can just read this instead and have a better time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like three three main points from the Vulture article that it makes. The best part of this article, obviously, um, is how it talks about what the broadcast served in terms of function number one to force each celebrity to experience ego death which i think ultimately will be good and character building for them exactly yes number two to trigger the television audience sitting at home by reminding them that in the next eight to twelve hours they too would be forced into some kind of zoom breakout room except not with al pacino and three, to subsequently destroy the very concept of celebrity itself, tearing down the already thin veneer between the famous and the non-famous, and forcing us all to confront one another on the great battlefield of human experience. And that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, I the concept of watching the Globes this year when all the nominations were so terrible and the idea was everybody would be over Zoom was like, why would I do this? I go to work uh, and I'm not I'm being paid to go to work. You're not paying me to watch the Globes. So why do I want to watch any any celebrity in their home fail at using a Zoom room because their personal assistants are the one that set them up? They've never sent a Zoom link in their life. I mean, I'm going to get right into it. So as per every award show tradition, the only thing I care about are the outfits. That's it. That's all I care about. I go on to the websites early to see when they arrive to get the photos, to pick out my favorite outfit, because then I will later discuss with people. Uh, at work with my sister sending back and forth just, and you got you guys also being like this is my favorite this one missed the mark that one i would like on my body immediately i like that haircut <laughs> this is the color of the season so all that to say is that the main winner of the golden globe was anya taylor joy is that her name yeah i'm yeah. double anya taylor joy she 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 is a winner she did win a golden globe for the queen's gambit but her outfit by her stylist law roach was perfection a nice emerald green it has a cape i'm looking at it right now so it's like a cute belted uh slinky how would you describe dress like nothing too outrageous but then it's the cape that brings it in the cape with mm-hmm. the sweeping sleeve. like you know i'm a sucker for a cape it's beautiful uh, and then i also like the behind the scenes that law roach did of him like styling her fixing oh, yeah. so her titties don't pop out because that's always important the sheer amount of photo shoot she had for literally no reason <laughs> other than the mm-hmm. fact that there's no photo wall but she's gonna get shot on a couch lounging there's gonna be a video of her walking in this like hotel 
I don't know. Where are they? A hotel lobby? Convention? Whatever. I feel like they're all in a hotel, yeah. aren't they? But they're just different rooms. Yeah, I think it was a hotel there's, lobby. There's a video of him, like, literally <laughs> presenting her some Tiffany's diamonds to wear with her outfit on. Um, <laughs> so it's all around winter. Uh, truly enjoyed it. She had two dresses, if in case you're wondering. Not one, but two. The other one, not my favorite. The green emerald one, that, one's the, that was the star show. But mm-hmm. so the main winner of this is Image Architect La Roach. He won. He won everything. Um, La Roach won. Yeah, he won. He has. If you're wondering, other <laughs> clients of him are Zendaya. Tom Holland, Zendaya, Zendaya. Um, Tiffany Haddish, Celine Dion. Okay, okay. Because the man doesn't just make like doesn't just like style an outfit. He creates moments. No. Yep. Then, he, he he's hmm. gonna amplify your weak ass into a better human being oh sorry it was from the met gala that's what i remember the, the um <laughs> it, it was the met cinderella, cinderella zendaya one, yeah when he yeah. went up with yeah. her yeah. as her like fairy godmother i think zendaya also was like yeah. what really brought him into Agreed, into yeah. the fashion sphere that people he has like many great clients his instagram is great a lot of brands send shit to him so he's just like what is it today and it's like something ridiculous that you don't need Mm-hmm. <sighs> love him he's the he's the real mvp if, again as i said if i was famous for literally any reason i'd pick him to he's oh, probably yeah. very expensive but if i'm famous i would assume i was making money he, to pay for him it was like looking at that dress even before i knew that he was her stylist because like i had not known that previously and i don't know if he is regularly or if it was just for this show that i he was. think it's like new yeah but i remember i saw her oh. in that outfit and i was like this is unexpected to me i didn't expect her to come out and look so good so seeing those instagram mm-hmm. pictures come up i was like she looks amazing like who did this for her and then seeing it was on his instagram i was like this makes sense he knew he was like she's gonna yeah. walk away a winner of a night where there are no winners like he was like he knew exactly what he had to do and the man did it that is the only outfit of the night i've seen talked about i haven't really gone out of my way admittedly because i was like why do i care about the top two quarters of people's dresses um mm-hmm. so i think it like again the man knew what he was doing they set up a really impactful moment and that's the only dress we need to talk about the night rather than what we would normally be doing after the Golden Globes, which is going through all the best and worst dress lists and then like disagreeing with a lot of people who liked that fucking dress yeah. that the girl from Fifty Shades wore that one year. I'll never forget that like skin color Dakota Johnson dress. Oh, I do remember yeah. that one. <laughs> all right, now. Your time to shine. All right. What's I'm your gonna... Golden Globes comment? <laughs> That's all this is episode is. My, yeah. <laughs> My Golden Globes comment. Okay, this is going to be a little controversial. I'm excited. <laughs> let's let's get into it. Emily in Paris didn't win, but you know what? It should have won. <laughs> and you know why? Why? First of all, those creators, Darren Star, whatever, whoever, producers, I don't know who paid for whatever. They paid for those HFPA people to go out, wine and dine them in Paris, book to like the fucking museum for them, a private tour or whatever. If I did that for somebody, I expect a Golden Globe. Second of Who all. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They paid for it. They paid. That was a bribe. They should have taken that. They took the bribe. Follow through. Right? Like, they didn't follow through at that point. Second of all, Golden Globes, already already problematic. HFPA, we know it's problematic. Just just bite the bullet. Show us fully who you are. Like, we already know this is who you are. Just pick it. Just pick it. We don't care anymore. We don't care. You... <laughs> Pick the thing that you were bribed to pick. <laughs> At that point, 
why are you pretending? Why do you why are you pretending? Suddenly people are like, why was this nominated? And you're like, I'm not gonna pick this. No, stop pretending. We know who you are inside. Stop giving Show us. best comedy awards to Shits Creek because you wanna seem progressive without actually giving yeah. nominations to any people of color. Just admit that you're not at all and your favorite show of the year was Emily in Paris. And arguably they still picked a comedy that's like pretty much all white oh, anyway. That's why it like wins. just Yeah, <laughs> like just, just go Yeah, like I'm um, just go a little step further, devolve a little bit more for me exactly. so that I know exactly where I stand with you or where some shows like you do not matter at this point to me. I mean you do matter in the long run for what it says to like BIPOC that are in in the industry, but like let's see show them fully how terrible you actually are and how much it just needs to be like revamped completely we need a whole new group of hfpa people like at this point like well like like, emily and paris went to the trouble of leaking this information to the public yeah the least they could do was follow up yeah be like you know what correct clearly was a reminder to them like hey remember how we bribed you like they Mm -hmm. were like oh we're not gonna forget like when it comes time to vote, vote Emily in Paris. Like, you already didn't put I May Destroy You in the nominations because then it would even be more egregious when Emily in Paris won. So just commit, you know? Just yeah. commit. Because I think this is something yeah. that some other award show did as well, where, like, Schitt's Creek got a ton of awards. And, like, I love Schitt's Creek. I think it's a great show. But, like, you gave it the awards because you can seem better than you are by giving it the awards. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not pretend that's what's going on. Like, let's not give fuel to people that, like, don't see a problem with this in media and be like, but look at what they did here. No, let's stop giving them that fuel. Just stop altogether. Be equally egregious all the way around so that we can just be like, hey, see what the Golden Globes are like. So, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I just should have given it to Emily in Paris and then we all could have known. And that would have mm-hmm. been that, you know, everyone would have been aware. Emily in Paris is going to have a season two. So is the Wink yep. Saga. and we live in hell and you know what maybe if it had gotten the award their backlash would have been bad enough (laughs) that people would have been like let's cancel it and that would have been the best thing to happen nothing like so yes the best show of the year emily in paris a show about a girl named emily in paris emily in paris don't forget yes that's right thank you netflix (laughs) dropping that little nugget Oh, the worst. I I mean, like, even the writers of this show have said, what? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's very important that, like, okay, a writer came out and was like, I wrote wrote Emily. I was one of the writers on Emily in Paris, and we absolutely, like, I'm the destroyer. You should have been nominated and probably should win, which, like, of course it would. It was easily the best show last year. But I think if you don't know about this, you have to look up that there is a woman on Twitter who casually as a joke said, and I can't remember who it was, resp- I think it was either in response to this article or before it, she was like, I created Emily in Paris and I did it as a joke. But then a bunch of people who are journalists who write the news did literally zero investigation whatsoever and reported that the creator of Emily in Paris made Emily in Paris as a joke. And then a bunch of people reached out to her for comment as though she was the creator. They reached out to her to like do interviews and shit. And just for a while, it was like, yeah, she's the creator of Emily in Paris. I really appreciate her for going along with that and letting it last as long as it did. Because what a way to show that no one in the history of the world that writes articles has ever looked anything up. So why do we trust anything we read ever? 
On that existential note, Christina, what is your gripe with the Golden Globes? Uh, yeah, I mean, my general overall comment is unsurprisingly about the comedy category. This is in this respect, I'm talking about the uh, f- best like picture comedy slash musical slash comedy picture. Uh, you know, all that made sense. I care about this category every year. I love a good comedy. I love a good musical. I like that the Golden Globes highlights that musicals are part of this, uh, even though some musicals are in fact not comedies. But sure, why not? Let's put them on here. Also, let's never forget that I believe one year Get Out was in this category, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm pretty sure it totally was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Golden Globes (laughs) that was like, you know, Get Out, that comedy. So that's the level that we're talking about here. Uh, the nominees included Borat, subsequent movie film, because we live in 2002. Uh, the Hamilton musical, because apparently they weren't up on the Twitter trends. Sia's movie, Music, which, excuse which me? Which is so problematic. I don't even understand how we got this far that it was made. Uh, the Prom, which, as we know, anytime anything Ryan Murphy is <laughs> nominated for anything is automatically the audacity like you have completely handwoven any claim to legitimacy i watch the prom i love musicals you will see in an upcoming episode we have that a musical does not have to be good for me to like it and i had moments of enjoyment in the prom it's fucking garbage and the idea that three this movie was nominated in three categories like it does not make sense there's a reason that this musical was off the stage like six months after it came out initially and then Palm Springs. And Palm Springs is the uh, Adam Sandberg, uh, and I forget the girl's name, movie. But it's the, like, Groundhog Day kind of thing. That was pretty good. I did not think that it would win. I thought, like, okay, this is, like, a good movie. I, of these, I would say Hamilton is probably the most, like, visually impressive. Palm Springs is probably one of the best winners for this category. But I didn't expect it. And they ended up giving the award to Borat subsequent movie film. Because again, it's 2002 and we live in hell. And what I'd like to talk about here is why not only should this movie not have won, a movie that was in fact not even nominated at all should have been the true winner. And of course that movie <laughs> is Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, and yes, that's the movie with James Marsden, Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic, Jim Carrey as the villain. Uh, it's an excellent movie. Excellent movie. It excellent came movie. out, I believe, in February of 2020, making it one of the last movies many of us saw in theaters. And I have to tell you, worth it. What a what a joy. <laughs> what a joy it was. Because the theme of this year was nonsense. And the theme of this category is comedy. And if I had to pick the best genuinely good nonsense comedy it's sonic the hedgehog what an underrated movie a movie that truly plays into i think the award show love of the underdog okay because this movie was coming out they had their little mistake of the like weird sonic that was animated to look like a fever dream like your sleep paralysis demon he looked horrifying and they're like oh you're right now that the audience has told us that this looks horrible we couldn't tell before before we all thought this was a great design but now that the world has said oh hey isn't this fucking terrifying and children are gonna have nightmares will delay the movie by like one month and completely redesign the character and redo all of the character designs from start to finish. And that's what they did. And then they made a Sonic that I'm not gonna lie, he was much cuter, okay? 
Uh, what is the movie about? Doesn't matter. It's about Sonic the Hedgehog. He befriends James Marsden, who is like a small town cop. We don't love that for him, but we're not going to hold it against him because it was James Marsden, but something to keep an eye on. He was a cop and he wanted to be a cop in an even like bigger city, like very sus mm-hmm. attitude. But James Marsden is very dreamy. So it was hard to not love that. Um, and Sonic is like on the run from his home or who cares. They get into buddy cop hijinks. And genuinely, I think in the year of 2020, uh, it's the last time I can remember being happy. It made me feel uh, something. To describe what the feeling was is a little bit out of my reach. But at one point, Adam Pally shows up, the guy from Happy Endings. Love him. That was Mm -hmm. a moment of joy. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was great. Jim Carrey is so weird and thus is perfect in this movie. And I would say this movie, like, argues that, like, police and government involvement is corrupt, though, even though he's a small town cop, because he learns to break the law. That's a very good point. Like, his whole shtick is that he has to learn that, like, to put policing behind him, you know? And realistically, if this movie had been ended with him defunding the police, that would have been even better. Yes. Would have loved it. It doesn't, sadly. Um, But they made their way for the sequel. I hope we get it. Uh, because James Marsden should be in more things. He has, his wife is beautiful. She's not in it anywhere near enough. And there is a great, if you watch this movie for no other reason, there is genuinely a great scene. And this is the award-winning scene right here. This should have gotten a nomination for Best Supporting Actress from, what is her name? She's in Insecure. She's like the funny friend in Insecure. I'm so annoyed I can't remember her name because I love her. It's Natasha. Natasha. Natasha Rothwell, she's in Insecure. She's great. She plays Tika's sister. Oh, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, She plays Tika's sister, and she has a kid. She's so funny. She is the best thing in that whole movie. The whole... Like, listen, the movie is enjoyable. You're going to have a good time. But she's the best part of that whole movie. She is trying to get her sister Loki to break up with her husband, which (laughs) haven't we all been there? The whole movie. Haven't we all been there? And she has a little girl, and the little girl thinks of Sonic as like a friend slash pet and gives him a pair of fly ass red trainers to replace his beat up old shoes because he runs really fast. So he wears a tread on quick and it was genuinely sweet and I loved it. And I won't hear another word against it. The idea that in the year 2021, we're going to give an award to Borat subsequent movie film, uh, just iteration of family guy humor with somebody thinking they're doing something political. Uh, when we could be giving awards to Sonic the Hedgehog, Fucking John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation could have a Golden Globe, but the world said, no, we're not going to nominate this. And that's my gripe. This should fuck off. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yep. Yep. Yeah, this movie was excellent. I think um, I was kind of shocked by how good it was. I remember was you saying that. Because I didn't watch it till it was on, like, what, Crave? It's on yeah. Crave, right? For those in Canada. And I watched it and I was like, do I need to watch this immediately again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, for them to listen to customer, the customer reaction, the audience reaction, and change it, like, they were thinking of you guys the whole time. That's respect. Admittedly, they were thinking we're not going to be able to sell dolls of this horrifying fever dream. <laughs> I mean, cats came out. No, Ooh. I'm sure someone in that office was like, this is a disaster. <laughs> People will just... And also, them. side note for anybody who 
likes Ben Schwartz um, and Minari even. There's like this thing where like the child actor from Minari, he's so cute. It's like it's a weekly thing where like I'll share things that he says or does or like a picture of him or whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, Sonic's my favorite actor, I think is what he said. And then Ben Schwartz sent him a little message as Sonic. And it's the cutest thing I have ever seen. And he looks secretly delighted. Like he's holding it in. Ben Schwartz? No, the kid kid from Minari. (laughs) I think if that proves my point more than anything else in the world, they should have given this movie the award for 2020 best musical, best comedy slash musical, because it's the favorite movie of the kid from Minari. And I say that, I'm being completely sincere. That kid is adorable. He deserves the world. His favorite band is Macaroon 5. Like, don't tell me that's not adorable. You can't tell me. If you are sitting at home, please look up the little boy um, from Minari and his little cowboy boots and all his little cowboy outfits. I have no idea why he's so into cowboy stuff. I don't know if it's like he's been wearing cowboy boots all his life. I don't know if it's a specific like I want to be a cowboy. I'm going to put on cowboy boots. But it is a selection of some of the most adorable imagery in the world. The kid is Alan S. Kim, by the way. He is so cute. I I thought the cowboy thing was because of Minari. I'm going to be honest. I didn't associate with just him really liking cowboy things. It could be. I have no idea. But I anytime I see a small child do anything, I assume it's because... Like, you know how when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I have a frog plushie and I really like it. And then so for the rest of your life, the only thing you ever get are frogs. And then, like, if you're young enough, that's a choice you're making as well. You're like, I will only wear shirts with frogs on them. You know, it's really funny. If you Google him, the third thing that pops up is cowboy. Yeah, there's a good reason for it. (laughs) Because he's so cute. Oh, my God. Look at his little photo shoot. Oh, what a great. Okay, and that was a good win, Minari, except that should have been. It should have been in Best Picture. Arguably. Yeah, like, it's an American film about the American immigrant story. They really put a lot of racism on that language this year Mm -hmm. they really put a lot of like oh no no guys it's foreign language film so because it's like there's like a rule or something where two-thirds of it can't be in another language or something that's bullshit nonsense it really especially when like the winner was nomadland which i'm not saying is bad but you could have given it to minari like you just you had so many choices along the way that you could have done you could have nominated Sonic the hedgehog you made the choice not to you could have not done zoom breakout rooms for the entire three hours of the globes not (laughs) the globes campaign but you were like no this is what we're gonna do um and that's just the choice they make i will say i think we're gonna wrap this episode up uh this should keep it a tidy for, for people in the audience keeping track should keep it a tidy 30 minutes and in 30 minutes you've just learned all of the highlights that happened in a three hour broadcast because award shows uh are the longest thing in the history of the world for literally no reason so you've learned all the important things you learned that emily in paris didn't win but let's be honest at this point we just should have let it win we learned that the only person whose dress mattered was Anna Taylor-Joy. And we learned that Sonic and the Hedgehog was the real best picture of 2020. And that's the whole truth. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any hot takes on the Golden Globes, you can let us know on Twitter and Instagram at EatsCast. Or, or you leave can us a voicemail. A voicemail on Anchor. We... Is that what it's called? <laughs> it's called a voice message. But I love the Whatever. idea that it's a voicemail. Give us a it's... ring. Like it's, we're already Let evolving. Us so call us on the phone. Uh, thanks guys so much for listening. We'll be back with more kind of normal scheduling episode next week. Uh, we're really excited for next week. We have a crossover episode. A little teaser. 
We uh, invited on the host of another podcast we love, put a blurb on it. So check us out next week for that. Uh, And hopefully we won't talk about awards again until the Oscars come up and we yell about that. But I don't remember the order in which awards happen. So who's to say when that will be? Thanks so much for listening. Bye. 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 God, that was almost short. like 30 minutes it. exactly. I knew it. It's going to oh, be yeah. like 25. Steph, that's going to be a treat for you. I know. I think, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I like to thank the, I think the gold, the HP fees for this short editing time that has been gifted to me because I paid those two over there to be short and sweet acceptance speeches and good night. <laughs>